0: Why, hello, and welcome to what I think is a holiday edition of Yo, What the Hell. Um, We're a smorgasbord show, which comes out whenever it damn well comes out. Sometimes we cover history, other times we cover the news, other times we cover the local sporting thing or whatnot. We try to do a little bit of it all. My name is Whiskey, and this is my co-host.
1: I am Vladimir Illich Lenin.
0: Jesus fucking Christ. You went whole name.
1: Yeah, I probably got his middle name wrong.
0: I don't know. It's Russian. You might. (laughs) That is.
1: Some fucking tanky listening is going to be raging. I know one person's going to find
0: this who's a tank and be very, very mad. You tanky. Get
1: better politics. I don't.
0: I don't dislike tankies. I just don't always agree. But I also don't agree with always... Oh, different folks in the black spectrum. Politically speaking.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd rather a tanky than, like, a fash, but... Yeah, but... They're both less than ideal. One more so than others, if I'm being honest.
0: I mean, much more I don't think that tanks should be put down like dogs, where <laughs> I think, you know, the other is a rabid wild animal that di- should have died, stayed dead in the 1940s, or at least stayed dead after the 70s, whenever Franco and Spain went down.
1: <laughs> I agree, but, but, but here we digressing. are.
0: <laughs> yeah, so as we started, this is the at least one holiday episode we think it's going to be a one-parter. Maybe it'll be a two-parter. We'll see how we feel. Um, you know, it's, going to, it's about to be May Day, folks. So, it's real Labor Day. Not that FDR-sanctioned um, American Labor Day, but real, actual American Labor Day. From Worthy the good old the city of Chicago.
1: Unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains.
0: Yeah, Exactly. I mean, especially with, you know, things like the housing crisis for, (laughs) and our shitty economic system.
1: Yeah, uh, Mayday, very good. This is our second Mayday for the pod, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think this is last time
1: we did... um, Our Mayday Madness with the boys. Yeah. I can't believe it was uh, a year ago.
0: I know. If I didn't have a Mayday episode ready to go, I was going to... Say, hey, let's just republish um, old Lucy Palmer there and let it loose. Or not Palmer. <laughs> Lucy Parsons there and let it loose. But...
1: God bless Lucy yeah. Parsons. I yeah. worked hard on that. Hey. Hey, I believe it. And by and heart, today spent, g- like, a day.
0: Ah, oh, well, fuck you. We are <laughs> okay. going to use one of my... My final paper for my labor class from a few years ago, and we're we, I've rebutchered it for research, and it's part, it's great for this, um. So it'll be fun.
1: Hell yeah. You know what else is fun? What cost we're gonna do first? And all your drugs needs.
0: Straighten the fucking plugs.
1: God bless Mark Cuban. Uh, I don't thinking,
0: know I'd say God bless that man. That man right now, he missed the playoffs with both Luka and idiot boy Kyrie.
1: Yeah, but you know, horses can't play basketball.
0: I mean, I don't know if I'd say Kyrie's a pony, but... Well,
1: I'd just say, you know... The Mavericks, I'm not saying they're all horses.
0: Oh, well, I was going to say, I don't know how lakes play basketball, but apparently the Lakers do pretty good with it.
1: Yeah, how do storms play basketball? Like the Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: They break your ball and make you go home sometimes. (laughs) Like New Orleans, you know. They shot them out of the sky with a lightning bolt and sent that pelican back to its, its beautiful swamp village
1: if we are playing by pokemon rules it was super effective
0: it was and apparently storms get defeated by timberwolves so mm-hmm.
1: makes sense when you it, think about it
0: i mean yeah it was a timberwolf led by a giant led by a giant frenchman so maybe it was like just some gross what's his name shit that status serial killer from the um 1400s who fought with John of Arc
1: what was that man's oh, name I don't know DeGuiles
0: or De I think it's De Giles
1: yeah I think you're right he was a serial but, killer that's cool
0: dude no it's horrifying he's like oh. so if if what everyone says is right at the very least he was a pedophile who killed a few boys
1: that is less cool I am retracting my statement
0: Oh, I know, and that's that's why the French have worked really hard over the last few hundred years to detach him from Joan of Arc, but apparently they were bros. He protected Joan of Arc, and the only reason she made it so long to rally the French against the English was because of this pervert, because this pervert was really good at killing things. Like Damn. it's almost like he was crafted for war crimes and then he just couldn't stop and went nuts on the peasants. Damn. But fascinating, but not what we're we're on with today. Cost Plus Drugs.
1: <laughs> yeah, all your Cost Plus Drugs needs.
0: Yeah, let's let, let I'm going to check real quick make sure it's still up. I always check every time. I wonder if he has tours, if Mark Cuban has like weird tours of his facilities and it's still up. It still pops up. It's great. Um, the like right here it shows the most exp- one of the most expensive medications they have on the front page. Is a they're selling it at $243.90 a pop. I have no idea what it is. But its retail price is $689.70. So you're getting this drug for a third of the price. Or two thirds of the price of what it's usually sold for, and the way cost-plus drugs works is Mr. Cuban here decided, hey, it's bullshit that people can't afford this shit. Um, so send me your prescription. If we make it, what we do is we take the price of manufacturing, and then we tack on a fifteen percent markup, and the pharmacy labor. So if it took twenty minutes to make your drug, we damn it, charge you for twenty minutes of the labor of the technician. Bada bing, bada boom.
1: Hell yeah. Cospelstrokes.com is great. Love it. You know what else I love? Asking how you've been, my dude. How have you been?
0: That was a good segue segue
1: fucking great great at them
0: (laughs) fucking excellent um i've been well i don't remember what i've done since we went to the astrology museum
1: the bone museum
0: bone museum is so great i saw renfield i know i did that i saw renfield that was excellent It was goofy and hokey, and it's not what you would call a great movie, but it was a fun movie, which is what I expected and wanted.
1: And it is a vampire movie, yes.
0: Exactly, yes, and it has both Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage. So you get two Nicks for the price of one. One's very English, one's very American, and you get Aquafina, um, delightful lady.
1: No, oh, I do like Aquafina. She is cool.
0: Yep, and she does play a cop in it, so that's like some points, that's you know. Less cool, but you give and take.
1: <laughs> You're right,
0: huh? Apparently, Discord is telling me that su- that our good friend CantoBite is playing Cities: Skylines Remastered. <laughs> yeah, good for him. But yeah, great for him. Otherwise, you know, just been working, reading a lot um setting up things around the house i just got the price of uh internet brought down by whining and complaining and so it's gonna go down by like 60 bucks and i'm pretty happy about that because holy fuck they rake you over the coals
1: that is good
0: yes it's great uh, you saw that camera i tried to hook up earlier and mm-hmm. um yeah, that's gonna become a back porch camera so the cops can inevitably seize the information for that for whatever nefarious purposes.
1: Yeah, they're gonna see uh, see you mowing the lawn.
0: Yep, smoking in the backyard, mowing the lawn, drinking late at night on the porch. I'm sure some officer here in Oklahoma can at least beat it to that. Like, so <laughs> maybe that'll that'll provide some good to somebody when they illegally seize my camera because America's a made up country of made up <laughs> made up rules.
1: Yeah, you're right. But damn. How have you been? What have you been doing? Uh, you know, same old. Just working at the dig factory. Uh, still JoJo pilled. Uh, Excellent. Halfway through part four. It's great.
0: Excellent. You've met. Once again, I've told you it's my favorite JoJo bro squad.
1: Yeah, I think that just...
0: jo- Josuke has the best bros. Yeah, it's just dudes being bros. Yep. They're just getting through school, being bros in the 90s.
1: Yeah, and then what else am I doing? Uh oh, I'm Nietzsche Joe pilled. Nietzsche Joe's great. Love me some Nietzsche Joe. Just weird Japanese humor.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's always seemed like Azumanga Daio to me. Like, not, not that that's bad, but it's just like that type of a show.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Um, what else? Uh, shit. That's really about it. The uh, yeah, just JoJo and the Dick Factory and playing some video games and watching Witch for Mercury because that, that, that is good show. I know.
0: Leave me alone about it. You know I'm catching up.
1: I am going to cyber bully you until you catch up, and by cyber bully you, I mean bully you in person as well.
0: I know. We're gonna get some dumb text from you and Toasty about it, and
1: yeah, just adding. But I'm you. getting there. You Need to hurry the fuck up, cause I'm getting there. I think I, today.
0: I know. I think I'm five episodes behind. I'll be six episodes behind tomorrow, but damn it, that's good for me.
1: The fact that you have avoided spoilers for this long is just amazing.
0: Yeah, well, you know, my Twitter is all basketball.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: And, yep, it's basketball and me harassing our local senators and Ted Cruz. Oh. That's what Twitter is is for me. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Mine's just anime.
0: Ah, see, yep, I haven't done that to myself. Oh, mine's also critters, lots and lots of critters.
1: Dude, shout out possum every hour.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. I like the foxes ones a lot. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: The menagerie of cats.
1: Yeah, Just, mm. yeah, Shout out soggy cat every hour too. Love that little soggy catter. Just sitting in that tub, being all soggy. Unhappy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's pretty much uh pretty much what I've been doing
0: sounds like a good time oh
1: yeah
0: um let's talk about some sources you know they're not sexy but when we have them they're important
1: yes we love sources so we
0: have a list i'm sorry folks but for this the books were used were world war one and the crisis of american liberty by brayman j edgar hoover And the Red Summer of 1919 by Ellis. May Hoover rest in hell. From the Palmer Raids, the Patriarch by Finnan. The Seattle General Strike of 1919 from Friedheim. Crusade Against Radicalism by Jeff A. I
1: think it's just Jaffe.
0: You think it's Jaffe?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, I don't know. The choral episode of the coal strike of 1919 by Marcus, Cooper, and O'Leary, those three people together sound like a Boston law firm to me. I agree. Like, you know, they're going to help you get off of that weird shitty thing you did (laughs) at the Sox game.
1: But you gotta promise
0: not to do it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's Boston. It's probably like domestic violence or or racism.
0: Or it could just be they got too drunk, took off their pants, and ran at somebody somebody with their ass first that was wearing a Yankees cap.
1: Probably. A little one one or the other. Who who knows?
0: You know, a little indecent exposure. Um Communism and the Great Steel Strike of 1919 by Murray, Red Scare by Murray, and thinking the Red Scare by Fan Style. I think it's Fan Style. It's one of them weird Polish or German names that has a PF on it. Why are they like this?
1: That is a good question.
0: Yeah, those are the sources.
1: You didn't have to do last names or first names? I don't have
0: the first names. You don't have So the first we are names? only doing the last names. Because I can't find the bibliography for this. Oh. So I assume it got printed out at one time and then it went poop into the ether. Alright, so we're, we're going to travel back to the early 1900s. The First World War was just coming to an end. And the American public had began switching its, you know, big enemy from being the Germans to the vast peoples of Russia. The media had been doing a really big number as watching the Bolsheviks take over the Russian monarchy in 1917 had absolutely petrified vast segments of the american public. um and you know quite frankly the fear of the german huns showing up at the doorstep of you know the anglo-spear shifted to the fear of the communist. and you know today we can still see this similar occurrence in western nations since the tragic stupidity of 9/11. i you know same kind of shit. Americans are weird. It's not a new phenomenon. Nearly a hundred years ago, it occurred in the exact same, actually more than a hundred years ago now, it occurred in the exact same form as a vast attack of the American left and immigrants from Eastern Europe. So, socialist, anarchist, communist, Russians, Jews, Italians, all public radar as un-American groups bent on destroying the pure civilized Anglo nation that they came to inhabit. And setting this off would be on the 31st of December 1918, three bombs would go off across Philadelphia, setting the stage for a witch hunt of radicals and res resulting in a devastation of the spectrum of the American political left.
1: So the year 1919 would be a tumultuous one for America as a whole. Uh, Yet strikes, bombings, and the government backed raids during this year in particular uh, would shift the ground from underneath the feet of the American left wing, uh, especially after the last year ended with bombings in government officials' homes. Uh, A general strike in Seattle would occur on February 6th, which the public would see as a warning that, you know, the Bolshevik-style revolution was possible in the United States, which, goodness gracious. Uh, Well, you know, Marx,
0: when he published, like, all of his writings in his lifetime, thought that a communist revolution would happen not in Russia, but would happen in either the United States or, um... Germany, because they were rapidly industrializing, they were huge farming countries, it was a huge switch from farming to industrial, like, you know, changes and then clashes with the regular people to and the fucking bourgeois, the emerging bourgeoisie, and, yeah, he just thought that would happen in, you know, somewhere like that, not essentially, the Alabama of Europe.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, the public's paranoia would continue to rise as events occurred throughout the year. Uh, By April, Seattle was in the national spotlight once again as a bomb was found in the office of the city's mayor. Uh, The next day, a similar bomb would detonate at the home of a U.S. senator in Atlanta, uh, which would lead to the discovery of 36 other bombs uh, within the postal system, a uh, time to go off sometime around May Day across the country. Which, Jesus holy shit, that is...
0: Did you imagine
1: if... <laughs> Yeah, like, today? Like, that's a lot of fucking bombs.
0: Yeah, that's, like, crazier than Ted Kaczynski shit.
1: Oh, yeah, for real. So... Like, holy fuck. Yeah, no, it's just absolutely insane. <laughs> Uh, The men who were targeted in this incident included many noteworthy businessmen and government officials, uh, including Attorney General A. Mitchell Palmer. Uh, Although this May Day plot uh, would be foiled, uh, the year would still end in disaster across the country. So, unrest came across the nation on May 1st as parades and celebrations gave way to police action and riots. By the end of the day, hundreds of socialists and immigrants uh, would be attacked by both police and mobs. Uh, in Boston, a riot erupted when a May Day parade was ordered to disperse uh, over a missing permit. Which, oh man, that's been going on for a while. That whole thing.
0: Oh oh yeah, permits, man. That's like, that's an American tradition.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, Exactly. Uh, the ending result was the arrest of sixteen, or whoa, a hundred and sixteen, excuse me, registered socialists, and the destruction of a the Boston Socialist headquarters by an angry mob. Uh, on the other hand, New Yorkers would see would just see police raids on a socialist paper uh, and the ethnic Russian community center. Uh, Cleveland would be hit the hardest, uh, with a major melee breaking out across the city between socialist marchers and anti-Bolshevik citizens. Uh, With the national climate towards radicals and immigrants already soured, uh, even lower depths of distrust would be reached on June 2nd, when bombings occurred in eight American cities and once again included Attorney General Palmer's personal residence. Which, damn, going two for two.
0: Yeah, that guy was really hated. Like, people did not like General Palmer. Yeah,
1: what the fuck did he he do to deserve that?
0: He was just, you know, right-wing shitbag and...
1: That makes sense
0: he's a fun american character like he's up there when we when we were playing the game the other day about what historical figure would you want to kill he Mm. should probably be on most people's like top 25 Mm. damn not a good american not very cash money as the kiddos say
1: Mm, that is not very flameo so (laughs) after many radical disturbances throughout the first half of the year uh, the general public and governmental powers would be more than willing to begin uh, utilizing a plethora of means to deal with just this perceived threat.
0: Look at that. Americans freaking out and being like, hey, do all the things. It okay. really has to remind you of after nine
1: eleven. 11 Oh, 100%. Wow, knee-jerk at all?
0: Oh, I know. It's like, we need to do stuff, but let's overcorrect. Which is wild, you know, because you also think about, like, fucking how little the government overcorrected after the double whammy of Waco and then the Oklahoma City bombing and how they didn't just go and want, round up all these fucking neo-Nazis and white supremacists because, like, really in the 90s, they should have just rounded up all those guys after Timothy McVeigh did his thing and just be like, nope, you're all going to a deep, dark cell forever.
1: Yeah, but why would they do that when, um, you know, all the cops would disappear. <laughs> well, you know, uh, some of them would be gone, yes.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that Zack De La Rocha pinned it very well with his whining about how, you know, some of them that w- run forces are this.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. God bless Zach De La Rocha.
0: Yeah, he's generally okay. Sometimes he's a bit much. Yeah. He's he's no Tom Morello, who I think is just like a nice, wonderful saint of a man. But uh, moving on. So the groundwork for what would become the Palmer Raids began early in nineteen nineteen. In late January of nineteen nineteen Archibald E. Stevenson addressed a Senate committee focusing on pro-German sentiments in America in order to widen the scope of the committee's investigation to include all Marxists as well as ethnic Germans. And you would do this because in 1919, the largest communist-slash-socialist presence in the world was still not in Russia, but was actually in Germany. So in Germany, you would see during this time, they would have a revolution that would pop off and they fought for like a year, year, maybe two, where the German left fought the German right. It was a like just a wee little civil war and it was eventually quelled by the, or squashed by Kaiser Willy and all of his wonderful bastard friends. And they executed the lovely Rosa Luxemburg. The probably second most prominent communist thinker in Europe after Lenin. So just interesting period of time. Weird outcomes. The world was almost a very different place. And I don't know if that would have been good or bad. (laughs)
1: fun thought experiment
0: yeah it's, it's a great thought experiment because you know the Germans could have had a great like communist state or they could have had a communist state and someone like Stalin could have eventually came to power and oh boy that's mm-hmm. fun that's a whole different kind of awfulness oh yeah <laughs> I mean the only good thing about Stalin is that he you know he really defeated Hitler so yeah I'll give that to him Stevenson, though, would also include on the list of dangerous peoples within the American politics, education, and religious circles. So he was just going full gambit philosophical, be like, oh, you're in education, you're in politics, you're in religion. The list was luckily ignored, but the committee did eventually add Marxist-Germans to its investigation. So it's setting the precedent to, ah, let's go after the Reds. And shortly after this, yeah, shortly after this, the state of New York really took hold on the idea of uprooting Marxist and different left-wing folks from the foreign American-born population, primarily starting within education. Now, on March 20th of 1919, a committee was tasked with dealing with the Reds in New York was created. This would become known as the Lusk Committee, after its freshman head, Senator Clayton R. Lusk. So, the newly founded Lusk Committee quickly began its harassment of minority and radical populations. You know, The obvious choice of the committee's raft, though, were the inhabitants of New York City, as per usual of conservatives. You go attack New York or, you know, a big California city. It's easy. It's slim pickings.
1: Low-hanging fruit. It's
0: like, yeah, it's like people on the left attacking attacking Florida. It's just really simple. They do it to themselves, basically. You know, we're going to victim shame here and blame.
1: That's okay. Sometimes you got to.
0: Only with DeSantis' Florida, though. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is the only time like, where... F- fuck that guy. We are, we are from the South. We can talk shit on the South.
0: Uh, I'm from the South.
1: I am from...
0: You know how I feel about Oklahoma being considered the South. It is adjacent, but it is like calling Missouri the South. And I will get big mad. Just I'm because Missouri... O- that is different than the South.
1: I will fight you. I will lose, but I will fight you.
0: I was going to say, you have a degree in politicking, sir. I have a degree in placing and where things <laughs> are. <laughs> the ball is in my court, senor.
1: This goes back to what um, I said earlier off-mic about geographers being better than, you know, It never mind, fuck it, continue.
0: Uh, I I agree. We are better than anthropologists. We don't go out and steal people's treasures and bring them home and say, Oh, look at this thing in our museum.
1: (laughs) You need to punch more Nazis though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Punching Nazis is fine. Good on Indiana for that. (laughs) But before the lust committee or the feds lashed out, the New York state Senate hit immigrant communities hard by requiring that not only did all teachers have to be U S citizens, but that all non-English speaking children had to attend English classes and civic classes. This is good in theory. If, as, you know, Americans, we didn't know what that really meant was trying to wash away the Russian or the Jew or the Pole mm-hmm. in somebody.
1: Yeah, it, think you of know, it as... You English classes aren't bad. <laughs> yeah, in theory. Like, think of it Yeah, as... no, I... Think of, think of it as 101.
0: Yeah, which I really honestly think the government, the feds should be offering like free English classes and free like civic classes to like our immigrants now. So like our Spanish or like Chinese immigrants and they should have classes for them for free. But not like this because this is a veiled whitewashing attempt. Oh, definitely. No more lot cuz it's only hot dogs from here on out, boys.
1: Ooh, not kosher hot dogs, that's for sure.
0: No, no, you're getting pig asshole. <laughs> not not cattle asshole.
1: <laughs> mm, delicious.
0: That's that's the way Uncle Sam wants it or wanted it. Throughout the year, many teachers from all around New York would be dismissed for their un-American views. And this was a holdover practice from World War 1 it continued to persist. In World War 1, lots of people lost their jobs or went to jail for speaking out against the war or saying, "Hey, are the Germans really that bad? We're basically fighting for one king who's fighting another king. What's the deal here?" But you went to jail for that or you lost your your state job for that? Cuz the obviously the state fed the state and the feds saw this as an un-Americanism as everything was infiltrated by socialist or communist parties and expressing sympathetic or non-hostile not hostile views of the Bolsheviks was horrible and it made you worse than being in the goddamn teachers' union. Mm. Actually, God, dismissing people, this is a lot like Oklahoma politics right now.
1: Yeah, I was, I was literally just thinking that. It's like, where have I heard this before?
0: Yeah, it's like it's almost like Walters used the two brain cells that he has and rubbed them together and like read about the Palmer raids and was like, Oh hey, I can do that here with wokeness. God. That guy's a fucking piece of work. I
1: hate that guy.
0: No, I I would not save that man's life if I had the opportunity to. If if it involved me dying too, I might take me dying just for that man to go. <laughs> Just like you know, if I if Walters and I were in a scenario where it was like, man, I have to save this man so I don't get killed by something, that'd be real hard.
1: <laughs> Understandable. He's a real
0: piece of shit.
1: I hate that guy. I, I just really, I just really, really hate him.
0: I agree. I'd like to see him hit in the face of a shoe. Hmm. Yes. So This rash campaign for Americanism within the education system can be explained interestingly enough not by pressure from Lusk or a federal agency but mostly by Anglo-American makeup of the administration position who are hostile towards unionism leftist politics and immigrant-dominated pool of teachers in New York City. So it's literally just middle management throwing a fit that Oh, uh, they want to unionize the school, or oh, uh, I'm tired of hearing fucking Russians or Yiddish, whenever I'm going to coffee break.
1: Damn, these motherfuckers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Typical. Uh, man, history, history, you know, repeats. Uh, so, while the Board of Education was conducting an inquisition on its employees, the Lusk Committee was conducting raids on, you know, the more private sectors of New York. Uh, shortly before the creation of the Lusk Committee, its forerunner uh, in the U.S. Senate released a damning report indicating that the Bolshevik Red Army had been committing atrocities throughout Russia and was inexplicably led by New York Jews. Oh, man, blaming the Jews for stuff? Classic that never gets old. Oh, I know
0: it's it's extremely classic and man, of course the Russian Red Army, the Bolshevik Red Army committed atrocities. Dude. It's a civil war.
1: Yeah. Well, and they were obviously Civil wars by, are messy. Yeah, they were obviously backed by George Soros as well. Well, you know, I'm
0: not going to say the leadership wasn't pretty Jewish. Mm. In the Soviet, in the Bolshevik army, but I'm also going to say there were a lot of Jews in Eastern Europe Mm. and when pogroms have been happening to you by conservatives for hundreds of years, maybe you join the guy who says that all workers are the same.
1: Yeah, curious, curious. Uh, So this committee recommended raiding, deporting, and excluding entry to those who may have been influenced by the Bolsheviks. The Lusk committee would take these recommendations to heart and would stage its first major action against the Russian Soviet Bureau on June 12th of 1919. This action resulted in the obtainment of a massive amount of propaganda and the detainment of Soviet Bureau's leadership for questioning Uh, Under the guise of protecting America from revolutionaries. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) This raid would be justified as an excuse to deport some of the Bureau's members and to stop a possible pro-Soviet propaganda campaign. So, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, on June 21st, the Lust Committee would strike again. Oh, so they're they're just not even done. Okay. Uh, oh, no,
0: the Lust Committee, sir. They're like the punch for punch for punch. They're playing damn. all the hits.
1: Damn. So they, they, would, they would again strike again. This time it was against the leftist institutions of the New York In- International Workers of the World Headquarters uh, and the Socialist Rand School. Uh, damn, they went after the Wobblies and Ayn Rand. Jesus... That was a joke.
0: <laughs> That's a bad joke.
1: Yeah. This is why she became think... a libertarian. I
0: was going to say, I don't even think she was alive yet.
1: I hope she wasn't.
0: That, the... Isn't it wonderful to know that we live in the majority of human history where Einbrand is dead?
1: <laughs> I'm a big fan. I hope she's looking up at us very upset.
0: I hope if there's a hell, that woman is there. Mm. Just chain-smoking you. And not having a fun time.
1: Yeah. God hates Ayn Rand. Uh, The raid against the IWW was clearly just a raid, you know, meant to frighten left-leaning establishments, as the purpose claimed to be the collection of IWW and socialist members' names. Man. Uh, This particular raid was a blunt intimidation tactic against the socialist elements, and, you know, nothing more. Uh, The only revelations discovered during the IWW raid was that the discovery of mislabeled envelopes, uh, obviously used for discrete mailing, as well as many idealistic personal letters of, you know, IWW members, because, you know, they're going to write their own stuff. Uh, the Rand School raid had a bit more practicality behind it, as the school taught moderate forms of socialist theory and distributed socialist materials. It was also here that the police were denied access to a particular safe, uh, forcing the group to return with a separate warrant two days later. This incident allowed Sen- Senator Lusk to make wild accusations uh, about the content, you know, discovered within the safe. Uh, the remarks would go so far as to say that the Rand School was the headquarters of the Bolsheviks within America. Do we know what was in the safe?
0: The internet just says documents. Hmm. So, who knows, maybe it was like, God, for all we know, it was probably the property deed for the fucking place.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Across the nation, the raids against radicals were relatively calm during this time. However, the paranoia would be elevated enough that by the summer of 1919, it would be referred to later as the Red Summer. And although it was peaceful in regards to that, like, radicalism, there was, in fact, a plethora of... Issues involving uh, African American-related riots across the nation in Washington D.C., Chicago, St. Louis, and many other cities, riots would ensue and put the power of, in the hands of the Bureau of Investigations. You know, which at the time included that psychopath J Edgar Hoover, who was. Always on high alert for fears of possible Bolshevik influences on the black communities of America.
1: Damn. How dare those Bolsheviks?
0: Oh, I know. Which, this is interesting, too, because I don't think I have it in here, but, like... Or maybe I do later on, I just don't recall. But part of the reason there were so many riots and whatnot in African-American communities in America was because in, during World War One. The U.S. Army allowed, much like they had since the Civil War, African American men to be troops. Mm. So you could be a fucking troop. And in France, there had been some problems between, like, racist white white Americans and you know regular, average Joe black Americans within the army, where they had gotten into near shooting matches because you know if you're good enough to go kill Germans. Why aren't you good enough for this this white man not to call you the N word? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It, it's
0: it's interesting. So I I've always thought that that really was probably a big part of the summer of nineteen nineteen.
1: Mm-hmm. No, definitely
0: African American, white American race tensions.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Moving on from this point. On oh, how Hoover's offices would devote a significant amount of time to deport all black radicals they could find, most notably Marcus Garvey, who is still alive. Oh, damn. So that's kind of fun. The national racial tension would, oddly enough, taper off as renewed labor battles began flaring up in Boston's police forces, the steel industry, and coal producing regions. If not for the return, of the specter of Bolshevism, it's really interesting to think if these riots could have possibly carried on because of the large African American population just returning home from the war. Like, I really wonder about that what ifism mm-hmm. in the American South if the feds didn't, you know, freak out on someone else. <laughs> so, the Red Scare was resurfacing it would pop back up in the form of massive strikes across American cities that fall of 1919. The first big one would arise with the overworked and underpaid police force of Boston. I really hate that this happened because now I've talked about a police force in a semi-positive light, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The local police force in Boston had been complaining of their subpar conditions and had finally been unionized during the month of June. When this was told to the city, much of the city's hierarchy objected to the idea of the police being associated with the union. The leadership and the Bostonian cops would fight about this back and forth until September, when the police commissioner fired 19 union leaders on September 8th. This made most of the city's policemen walk off the jobs.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
0: So throughout, though, this strike, the state and the city would be described as a Bolshevik nightmare filled of radicals, although it nowhere nearly like, came to the severity of a real general strike such as what would occur in Seattle the image though is so bad that Samuel Gompers himself asked his records to return the job which was unanimously agreed upon in hopes for a reasonable compromise the police commissioner had none of this and on September 13th so literally five fucking days later announced the firing of all 1117 police in the city of Boston (laughs) So he just took his ball and said, go the fuck home. Get out of here, you schmucks.
1: Damn.
0: And, you know, national opinion believed that Boston had just delivered a major blow to Bolsheviks residing in America when really they just kind of fucked over 1,117 striking police. Yeah. Even when they went and went back to work after having the... Big labor unionist Samuel Gompers come through and be like, Hey, come on, guys. We got to do the thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Stop fucking around. So, while the strike in Boston was just beginning, rumblings of a strike were beginning uh, to be heard from the workforce of U.S. Steel. Talks between this labor force and the chairman would end horribly and result in a strike uh, set for September 22nd. So, again, you know, two weeks after all this. Uh, From the onset of rumors and of strikes, uh, the press had already begun to denounce U.S. Steel's workforce, just as Bolsheviks, uh, who would only, you know, meet resistance and failure. Uh, Yet the strikes still began on time, and by the end of the first week, strikers numbered 365,000, which that is a lot.
0: Yeah, you know, we used to have a lot of a lot of people working in U.S. Steel. <laughs>
1: yeah, obviously. Uh, so this caused many in the national press to worry of an open revolutionary plot. While radical papers gleefully declared that the strike was open class war, public opinion on the situation was varied, prompting fictitious lies from U.S. Steel and the press that discredited the strikers as overpaid, nefarious radicals. Uh, obviously, by the rationale of U.S. Steel... The strikers could not be hard working american workers uh but you know they obviously had to be like disloyal foreigners. Uh yeah, it's, it's
0: the yeah. it's the conservative thing like whenever your house isn't getting built or fixed fast enough you just yell something about lazy mexicans. Exact yeah. same thing.
1: Yeah, no, these aren't these aren't hard working americans because hard working americans wouldn't do that.
0: Yeah, hard working americans go and steal your Cadillac converter like a piece of shit asshole.
1: Mhm. <laughs> So attempts to trick the public into believing that the U.S. Steel was part of the federal government were also made. It was not just propaganda which eroded the support of the strikers, but also a wave of riots between workers and strike breakers. Uh, riots would be common uh, until the arrival of federal troops uh, at the Gary, Indiana, U.S. Steel location on October 5th. Here, vast amounts of radical literature and a bomb plot would be found... Resulting in raids against radicals. Uh, the strike itself mostly collapsed after October 21st uh, when a conference between members of labor, capital, and the public resulted in a public and capital leaders voting against the labor demands. Which, yeah, I guess fair if you're gonna. Yeah, that's generally how stuff ends, huh? Yep. All
0: right, and look at what Joe did to the rail strike this last year. <laughs> God.
1: God damn it, and then... Steve, Joe.
0: Yep, and then they nuked Ohio.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. They sure did. Train nuke.
0: Yep, train bombs, senor. Well, the final major conflict that we will be looking at in 1919 was a nationwide coal strike by the United Mine Workers, which, hell yeah, who, much like other major strikes of the year, would mostly fail. So for some context, the United Mine Workers are, in American history, the most dangerous and radical of the mining groups. Um, They full stop produced a shit ton of people who would have called themselves communists and either died in weird places in America or weird places in the Soviet Union. And they did not fuck around. These were the people who were up until the 1970s were still sending pipe bombs to people's houses when they went on strike. Jesus. Like, yeah, if you were the owner of a coal baron ship, you better hope that the miners didn't find out where you lived. Because there might be a bomb at your home or a bomb in your car. Because, man.
1: That's just so fucking... Yeah, it really is.
0: So, UMW leadership would call for fairer post-war contracts that would offer safer working conditions and better wages for miners. Pretty reasonable. Mining's horrible. (laughs) Coal owners would refuse any negotiations, though. And so, a strike happened on November 1st. And much like most major strikes during the 1919 business, the government and the press would come together and banned the miners as sinisterly communistic. And although employers and the press labeled the strike strikers as immigrants r- led by Bolsheviks, the miners worked really hard to invoke Americanism, wrapping themselves in the flag, and even the press had to admit the strike was calm and orderly at first. However, what... It was that the strike might have been playing out. However, what it was that the strike might have been playing out was overlooked by the very real danger of a coal strike during the winter. With this in mind, on November 8th, the federal government ordered the UMW to cancel the strike by 6 p.m. November 11th. An emergency meeting amongst the UMW's leadership agreed to this on November 10th, but many miners flat out refused and continued the strike. The unofficial strikes, also known as Wildcats, would go on until President Wilson authorized the bargaining of a 14% wage increase, which enticed enough miners to end the strike by December 10th. It was the last major strike of the year. It came to the close, and the public would be in a frenzy over communists and Soviet sympathizers. The stage would finally be set for what would become the peak of the Red Scare, This is because, over the course of the fall and winter, the general public had abandoned most of its support for labor, due to its ties with the radical left.
1: So, while this loss of faith was occurring over the fall months, on October 19th, the Senate began debating what was to be done about the radical elements within America. It decided on a resolution allowing the Department of Justice to arrest and punish those attempting to overthrow the government. Man. You know, parallels. Just all these uh, parallels.
0: Oh, I know, except... The last time people tried to overthrow the government was... (laughs) Oh, a derpy hodgepodge of the petite bourgeoisie and middle class, so... Yeah. Here we are. Parallels, but scary. With
1: the federal blessing of Congress, Attorney General Palmer would organize the Department of Justice to enact a national raid against the Union of Russian Workers and their headquarters, the Russian People's House. Around 250 members of this organization would be gathered in 11 cities, while another 200 were arrested in New York. The next day, another raid would occur uh, under the Lusk Committee, raiding 73 radical centers and arresting 500 people. Out of these raids, 246 detained people were held for deportation. Uh, The harassment of Russian immigrants by the state would still continue. Uh, As yet another raid was conducted on the Russian people's house. Damn, another one. Uh, The raid did reveal materials for bomb making, which led not only for calls of deportation, Of more non-citizens, but also for the relocation of native-born radicals to Guam. On December 21st, the fate of 249 non-citizens was decided as they were rounded up from their from their holding on Ellis Island and placed upon the Buford for deportation to the Soviet Union. Among these 249 passengers were both Alex Berkman and Emma Goldman who, oddly enough, were some of the only deportees to actually have criminal record. The the press would go on to describe the deportation in a positive light, which of course they would, uh, with one such comparison as of the, quote, Soviet Ark, being a pledge for the preservation of America, uh, as God has done for Noah with his (laughs) Ark. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, unfortunately, for both the radical left and the immigrant population, this series of raids and uh, deportations were only to be like a test for the larger raids at the beginning of the new year.
0: As the new year commenced, so did the last act of the bizarre, this bizarre chapter of American history. On January 2nd of 1920, a massive coordinated raid spawning 33 major cities in 23 states occurred over 4,000 people were rounded up during this event. Oddly enough, of those 4,000 people, only three pistols were discovered nationwide. Wow. Yeah, that's that's fucking wild. That would not happen today. Um, Once all the dust had settled, only 800 of the detainees would be deported. Initially, the public overwhelmingly supported the raids, and only a small segment of the press and government denounced the raids. These raids absolutely decimated communist parties, which was the partial intent. This forced both the Communist Party and the Communist labor underground, eliminating their national influence. The raids also led American natives to leave the parties in droves, further alienating the non-native communist populations. As time progressed, these highly regarded raids would turn public opinion against such actions though, as acquired scent grew with the alarm of the actions, and yeah, that's that's it. It's wild. It's definitely something you could see occurring again.
1: Not at all. No, this seems like it'll only be like a one-time thing.
0: Oh, you think it's a one-time? I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe there's mm-hmm. no way that we would we would do this again. And
1: no, this I has don't just s-
0: been settled.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't see I I feel like the United States should just be one and done on this, you know.
0: Yeah, there there's no way in 5 years they're going to try to like go through and deport people connected to anarchist groups or the DSA.
1: <laughs> no, not <laughs> exactly. Or ship <laughs> everyone to Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. No. Not at all. God damn it. Uh the more things change the more they stay the same. Yeah, yare yare daze. Exactly. What would Jotaro do? He would just punch stuff. Yeah,
0: he would just aura or all over the place.
1: Mm. Noted socialist, Jotaro Kujo.
0: <laughs> noted Noted something. <laughs> I He's not like our...
1: Our, you know... Based comrade Luffy. Hello, Paddleheads. It's Bravo from the future. I'm gonna throw our plugs in. I am Bravo. You can find me at at NotBravoDelta on the Twitter. You can find the show on Twitter at YoWhatTheHellPD. You can find Whiskey on Twitter at WhiskeyIsADevil. And yeah, that's it. Happy May Day.